Good morning, Idaho. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to the Local Yokel Idaho podcast, where we talk about what is going on in the wonderful state of Idaho. Welcome to the morning banter. This is where I just kind of talk a little bit and chat about stuff kind of going on in Idaho and just a little bit laid back before we get into the bulk of the show. In general, for most of us here in Idaho, it is pretty cold. I don't know anywhere in the state right now where it is not frigid. I know Boise, it usually ends up being a little bit warmer than the rest of the state, but from everything I keep seeing, it is cold, cold, cold. I know this last week here in the Treasure Valley, we had highs of only like, I think, 22, 23 degrees Fahrenheit and then lows down into 11. No negative degrees yet, I don't think, but I know other parts of the state are definitely experiencing that. It is getting awfully cold, which maybe that means we'll have a white Christmas, or at least it'll snow and then get cold enough that none of the snow melts, and so Christmas will be white, because at this rate, um, yeah, we'll have a white Christmas, which would be wonderful. I know here in the Treasure Valley, we don't regularly get it. I know people up in McCall or something are just like, oh, come on, it's always a white Christmas. Why are you worrying about this? Well, not everywhere in the state has it that way. Also, kind of a funny thing to share is, is I was getting this week's podcast ready and everything. It actually took less time to make this week than usual because there's just such a lack of events. I mean, I thought there was going to be more stuff kind of leading up the week before Christmas because, you know, in the Christmas holidays, there might be a concert or something. But it appears that just a lot of stuff has canceled or ended um, to give people that week for their families and stuff, which I think is wonderful and awesome to see. But I just didn't expect it. And so the event section and stuff is going to be really, really shaved down. There's a couple towns that I'm going to just kind of buzz through. I know I haven't shared this on here, but the events, I have certain towns that I have marked as like, I don't know what you want to call them, like key towns. I have them marked in yellow. And those are towns that I report on the like city meetings and council meetings and stuff. And I make sure to get them in the loop every single week. And then I have other towns that aren't star cities where I don't talk about like what's going on in the city, but I do check to them and talk about performances and stuff. But if they don't have anything, I'll just drop them out of the mix for the week. If there's nothing going on, well, there were a couple like star towns that I have, you could call them or main towns that literally didn't have any city stuff and didn't have any like events, events, recreational public ones. And so I had to throw them in here and just be like, hey, you know, this is the section for blah, blah, blah town, but I don't have anything. (laughs) There's nothing just a heads up unless I'm missing something or my, you know, sources I'm using are just completely bunk. I can't find anything for these towns. So I guess enjoy your week before Christmas. And then kind of continuing on that note, I'm kind of looking at the calendar for the this next coming week, the week after Christmas. I think I'm actually just going to take that week and take a break from all of it and everything. We're not going to have a normal program for that. Rest assured, there will be a podcast coming out, but I think I'll just release a podcast with some Christmas and New Year's related stuff. Maybe I'll read some famous Christmas speeches or the account from scripture. I'm not sure, um, but I do want to release something, and it'll be a little bit of a more fun, less Idaho, but more festive-focused thing. Um, but yeah, next week, we're not. I'm not going to be covering any events or any things for the 
cities and towns and, you know, holidays and interesting events and stuff. And I'm going to take that week as basically a little bit of a break. And then we'll be back in the first full week of the new year and everything, which I think will be good. You can focus on that time, you know, between then and then the new year's to be with your family and reflect with the year that's coming up and the past year that's happened and everything. And I wish you a wonderful one for that. I mean, it's been an amazing year, 2022. A lot of interesting things have happened for me. And I have no doubt for you that there's a lot of wonderful things if you look at it. And like we can all do, because we're all prone to it, all the negative things that have occurred in our lives and different things. But I wish you a Merry Christmas if you don't, if you don't hear from me until after Christmas. But we'll move into the rest of the podcast here. Moving on to holidays and interesting events for the week, we start off with Monday, Monday the 19th of December, which is National Oatmeal Muffin Day and Hard Candy Day. As for history, in 1776, Thomas Paine published the first American Crisis essay. In 1783, William Pitt became the youngest British Prime Minister at age 24. In 1843, Charles Dickens published A Christmas Carol. In 1932, British Broadcasting started transmitting overseas. In 1950, China invaded Tibet. In 1960, Frank Sinatra had his first session with Reprise Records. In 1958, the first radio broadcast was sent from space. President Dwight D. Eisenhower sent a Christmas message, quote, To all mankind, America wishes peace on earth and goodwill to men everywhere. In, and then lastly, in 1997, Britain transferred Hong Kong back to China. As for birthdays, Monday was Ralph Richardson's, Leonid Brezhnev's, Jean Jennett's, and Eden Piaf's birthday, and is Jake Gyllenhaal's 42nd birthday. As for deaths, Monday in 1953, Robert A. Milliken died. In 2008, James Bevel died. And lastly, in 2001, Sally Ann House died. Next one up here, Tuesday, Tuesday the 20th of December is National Caroling Day. As for in history, in 1803, the French flag was lowered in New Orleans, marking the transfer of the Louisiana Purchase. In 1820, Missouri imposed a $1 bachelor tax on unmarried men between the ages of 21 and 50. In 1946, A Wonderful Life premiered in New York. In 1957, Elvis Presley received his draft notice for the U.S. Army. And then lastly, in 1960, the National Liberation Front was officially formed in South Vietnam. As for birthdays, Tuesday was Harvey S. Firestone's, Branch Rickey's, and Robert Menzies' birthday. And is Dix Wolf's 75th birthday and Kilian Mbambwe's 23rd birthday. As for deaths, Tuesday in 1812, Sacagawea died. In 1937, Eric Ludendorff died. In 1960, Moss Hart died. In 1968, John Steinbeck died. In 1988, Max Robertson died. And lastly, in 1996, Carl Sagan died. Wednesday, Wednesday, the 21st of December is National Crossword Puzzle Day, Phileas Fogg Wager Day, and Winter Solstice Day. As for in history, in 1898, Pierre and Marie Curie discovered radium. In 1913, the first crossword puzzle was printed in the New York world. 
1937, Snow White and the Seven Doors film premiered in Los Angeles. In 1968, Apollo 8 launched the first manned moon voyage. In 1988, the Lockerbie disaster happened. In 1991, the Soviet Union formally dissolved. And then lastly, in 2012, Gangnam Style was the first video on YouTube to reach 1 billion views. As for birthdays, Wednesday was Roger Williams and Walter Hagen's birthday, and is Chris Everett's 67th birthday, and Emmanuel Macron's 44th birthday. As for deaths, Wednesday in 1937, Frank Kellogg died. In 1940, F. Scott Fitzgerald died. In 1945, George S. Patton died. And lastly, in 2000, A.I. Gross died. Moving on to Thursday, Thursday the 22nd of December is National Forefathers Day and Date Nut Bread Day. As for in history, in 1877, Thomas Edison's phonograph was announced. In 1849, Dostoevsky was almost killed by firing squad. And lastly, in 1932, the first Mummy film was released. As for birthdays, Thursday was Frank Kellogg's, Connie Mack's, and Robin Gibbs' birthday. As for deaths, Thursday in 1943, Beatrix Potter died. In 1966, Lucy Burns died. And lastly, in 2014, Joe Cocker died. Friday, Friday the 23rd of December is National Roots Day. As for in history, just two here. In 1783, George Washington resigned his commission as Commander-in-Chief of the Army to Congress. And then lastly, in 1953, the first kidney transplant was performed in Boston. As for birthdays, Friday was Richard Arkwright's, Joseph Smith's, and Madam C.J. Walker's birthday. And is Akihito's 88th birthday. As for deaths, Friday in 1834, Thomas Malthus died. In 1948, Hideki Tojo died. In 1953, Levetti Beria died. In 2000, Victor Boyg died. In 2007, Oscar Peterson died. And lastly, in 2013, Mikhail Klashnikov died. Saturday, Saturday, the 24th of December is National Eggnog Day and Christmas Eve. As for in history, in 1814, the War of 1812 ended between the United States and Britain. In 1936, the first radioactive isotope medicine was administered. And lastly, in 1943, FDR appointed General Eisenhower Supreme Commander of Allied Forces. As for birthdays, Saturday was Howard Hughes's and Ava Gardner's birthday. And is Anthony Fauci's 81st, Ricky Martin's 50th, and Stephanie Meyer's 48th birthday. As for deaths, Saturday in 1914, John Muir died. In 1942, Francois Darlin died. In 1980, Carl Dernitz died. Lastly, in 2008, Herod Pinter died. Lastly, we come to the big day, Sunday, the 25th of December, which is National Pumpkin Pie Day. Kind of weird that's on this day and not Thanksgiving. And Christmas. As for in history, in 1741, Anders Celsius introduced the centigrade temperature scale. In 1861, the U.S. President Andrew Johnson pardoned all persons involved in the Southern Rebellion. In 1896, the song Stars and Stripes Forever was written. In 1914, the Christmas truce of World War I happened. Soldiers on both sides stopped fighting and exchanged gifts and played football. In 1962, To Kill a Mockingbird film was premiered. And lastly, 
1991, Mikhail Gorbachev resigned as president of the USSR. As for birthdays, Sunday was Isaac Newton's and Humphrey Bogart's birthday, and is Ricky Henderson's 63rd and Justin Trudeau's 50th birthday. As for deaths, Sunday in 1977, Charlie Chaplin died. In 1983, Billy Martin died. And lastly, in 1995, Dean Martin died. Just a little quick note before we get into the uh, upcoming events for the week. I would encourage you to listen to other event time slots other than your own city. So, for example, if you're in Boise, please listen to like Meridian and Nampa and Caldwell and CUNA and Eagles event slots because there might be things you might find interesting in those other towns that are going on that you won't hear about otherwise because I try to keep it very nice and tidy and clean that Boise events are only in the Boise thing and Meridian things are only in the Meridian thing even though they might be really close in proximity. So I'd encourage you to check across towns that are in your nearby area and not just listen to your own town. Understand if you're busy and you just want to kind of get through this podcast real quick, then you're just going to listen to the one that is closest to you and is your town. And I get that. I totally understand that, but I would encourage you to branch out and look at some other event slots because you might find something else you might be interested in, or you might miss out on something that was going on. Moving on into upcoming events, I'm going to read the timestamps for each town. That way you can jump to whichever town you're interested in, thus saving you time. Starting off with Boise at 16 minutes, 33 seconds. Meridian at 17 minutes, 48 seconds. Nampa at 18 minutes, 24 seconds. Caldwell at 19 minutes, 10 seconds. Weezer at 19 minutes, 38 seconds. Eagle at 20 minutes, 18 seconds. Star at 20 minutes, 59 seconds. Cuna at 21 minutes, 21 seconds. Emmett at 21 minutes, 38 seconds. Twin Falls at 22 minutes, 16 seconds. Pocatello at 23 minutes, 27 seconds. Idaho Falls at 25 minutes, 19 seconds. Rexburg at 25 minutes, 19 seconds. McCall at 25 minutes, 44 seconds. Cascade at 27 minutes, 20 seconds. Lewiston at 27 minutes, 55 seconds. Moscow at 28 minutes, 26 seconds. Coeur d'Alene at 29 minutes, 14 seconds. Post Falls at 29 minutes, 48 seconds. Sandpoint at 30 minutes and 5 seconds. And the end of the events is at 30 minutes, 58 seconds.
Starting off here with Boise, we've got some city stuff. Monday, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting at 5 p.m. at Boise City Hall. Then Tuesday, there is a City and IBPO session at 9 a.m. at Boise City Hall. Also Tuesday, there is a Hillside work session at 11 a.m. at Boise City Hall. And then lastly, Thursday, there is a City and IBPO session at 9 a.m. at Boise City Hall. As for performances, Friday, there is the Blues Addicts performing at 6 p.m. at 2900 Chinden Boulevard, Boise. Tickets range from $20 to $25. Also Friday, the Idaho Steelheads are playing against the Utah Grizzlies at 7.10 p.m. at Idaho Central Arena. Check below for ticket prices and other stuff. As for in other events, Wednesday, there is an Avalanche Awareness presentation from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Redline Recreation Toys in Boise. And then Friday, there's a prayer breakfast from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. at the Well Church. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Boise City website or check the links in the description below. Meridian, just two things here for City. Tuesday, there is a City Council meeting and work session at the Meridian City Hall. The work session is at 4.30 p.m. and the meeting is at 6 p.m. Then also Tuesday, there is coffee with the mayor from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. at the Royal Coffee Company. And as for fun things, Monday, there is a Meridian Knights Chess Club meeting at 12.30 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. at the Meridian Library. That closes out all the stuff I've got from Meridian there. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Meridian City website or check the link in the description below. Nampa, we've got three things here for City. Monday, there is a design review committee meeting from 12.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the council chambers. Also Monday, there is a city council meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. They don't state the location, but I assume it's at the council chambers. And then lastly, Wednesday, there is a Nampa chamber luncheon from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. at the Nampa Civic Center. As for performances, Monday, there is a Fall 2022 Showcase event from 3.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at the Nampa Pacific Center. They have several things and performances going on there, so check the link below for that. That's all I've got, kind of a little bit minimal like most of the towns. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Nampa City website or check the link in the description below. Caldwell, I don't have any fun performance or other things, but there are three things for City this week. Tuesday, there is a City Council meeting from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Caldwell Police Department. Wednesday, there is a Mayor's Youth Advisory Council meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Caldwell Police Department. And lastly, both the Design Review Commission and the Historic Preservation Commission are canceled next week. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Caldwell City website or check the link below. Weezer, kind of the same thing on a regular basis here, but we do have one event Wednesday. There's the 4-H programming class after school series from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. at 116 West Street. They'll be learning about computer science and game programming. It is an ongoing event. It is about $35 for the program year or whatever. I don't quite understand how that works if you're spending $35 and then you get an exact year from that date with them there or if it's for when each one of the, like, they have it set in year chunks or whatever. I'm not sure. Check the link below and you can reach out to them for that. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Weezer City website or check the links in the description below. 
Eagle, we just got a few city events, no other fun or, or other things going on. So we'll just jump into that. For city, Monday, there is a planning and zoning commission meeting from 6 p.m. to 11.50 p.m. at the council chambers. Also Monday, there is a hearing at 6 p.m. at the council chambers on the River Send subdivision. And then Tuesday, there is an Eagle Urban Renewal Agency meeting from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the council chambers. This week's Eagle Library Board Meeting, Mayor's Youth Advisory Meeting, and Design Re Review Board Meeting are canceled. And next week's City Council Meeting is canceled. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Eagle City website or check the link in the description below. Star, just one event here in the fun category. Thursday, there is a Parents' Night Out event from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Star River House. It looks like the event is centered around taking your children for you for the night so you can have a break and go on like a date night or something. It's about $15 a child and they'll have craft, games, treats, and a movie for them. So if you're interested in that, check the link in the description below to check that out. CUNA, just two city events. I don't have anything else. Tuesday, there is a city council meeting at 6 p.m. at the city hall. And then next Tuesday, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting at 6 p.m. at City Hall. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the CUNA City website. Emmett, this is going to be really cut down here. I only got two things. There's just city and fun. As for the city fact, Tuesday, there is a city council meeting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Location is not stated, so I assume it's at City Hall or the council chambers. And as for that fun event, Friday, there is a Christmas light night drive-by event at 8 p.m. at the Emmett DMB. It is free for people to come with their cars to kind of decorate it with Christmas lights to hang out and then drive them home. It seems just kind of like a little bit more of a laid back event. So if you want to cover your car and some Christmas lights and meet some other people and talk and chat, then do go uh, check the link in the description below to learn more about that. Twin Falls. Looks like you guys actually have more events than uh, Boise, which is impressive because usually Boise has a ton of stuff. But we do have uh, two things, or no, only one thing here for City. Monday, there is a City Council meeting from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Location is not stated, but I assume it's like at City Hall, the Council Chambers. And then it looks like next Tuesday, City Council meeting is canceled, but we'll have to see as that comes along, or you can just check the uh, City website there. As for performances, Monday, there is a musical performance of Elf from 5.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Palace Theater. As for fun events, I've got two here. Monday, there is a fused glass class from 10.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. at 525 Center or East Center Street, Pocatello. It is from, for students ages 7 and up. You can check below for that. And then Friday and Saturday, there is horse-drawn hay rides. Hiskey and Butte at Hiskey Street from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It looks like they're going to be going around the block. It's about $5 a person. Fun thing to kind of go do with the family. For more information on anything I talked about, go to the Twin Falls City website or check the link in the description below. Pocatello, looks like the majority of your events are city stuff, so we'll work through it here. Tuesday, there is a CDBG advisory committee meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the city council chambers. Also Tuesday, there is a site planning review meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the council chambers. And then also Tuesday, there is a library board meeting from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Marshall Public Library. Then moving on to Wednesday, there is a housing alliance and community partnership meeting from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Christus Court. Uh, also Wednesday, there is a Pocatello Development Authority meeting from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the council chambers. 
Wednesday, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Next Monday, December 26th, there is a Pocatello's Mayor's Youth Advisory Council meeting from 3.15 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Also next Tuesday, December 27th, there is a Site Planning Review meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Those last two, you might want to check or call on those because of it being so close to Christmas. They do look very set in stone on their calendar, but maybe someone just hasn't updated that. I'm not sure. As for performances, we've got two here. Monday, there is a Who's Holiday event from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Old Town Actors Studio. The play is rated R, and you will need to purchase some tickets for that. Then Wednesday, there is a season of Note Christmas with the Celts at 7.30 p.m. at the Stevens Performing Arts Center. As for fun stuff, Wednesday, there is a Yuletide Yoga and Winter Solstice Gathering from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Station Square. The class is $20 a person. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Pocatello City website or check the link in the description below. Idaho Falls and Rexburg, I couldn't find any city or events going on, so there's just nothing going on for you guys. Um, the reason that it's on here, even though there's nothing going on, is that you guys are part of like my core events thing. There's certain, or not core events, like core cities. I have a certain set of cities that I consider core cities that I make sure to cover as much as I can and make sure they're always on here. But Idaho Falls, Rexburg, nothing for you guys this week. McCall, just one thing here for City. Wednesday, there is a Recreation Advisory Committee meeting at 6 p.m. at Legion Hall. Then for performances, Thursday, Jeff Crosby and Darcy Clarson will be performing at 7 p.m. at the Foster's Club. In Fun Things Wednesday, there is Yahtzee from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the Bistro 45. Then also Wednesday, there is a bingo night at 7.30 p.m. at the Foster's Club. And then Friday, there is an ugly Christmas sweater party at 8 p.m. at the Foster's Club. In other events, Tuesday, there is the weekly Tech Tuesday event happening. It starts at 3.30 p.m. and goes till 5.30 p.m. It will be at the McCall Public Library. It is a dedicated time for 3D printing and to play some board games while you wait for the printers to finish up. Then Thursday, there is an ongoing used book sale from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Pump House. This next one is a fun one, so I thought I would add it. Sunday, Christmas Day, Santa will be skiing down Brundage with Mrs. Claus from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Quote, how does Santa unwind after a long night delivering gifts to the entire planet? The jolly dude heads out to Brundage, of course. Watch out for Santa and Mrs. Claus as they pose shredding down the hill. Next, and then lastly, next Tuesday, December 27th, Christmas Tree Recycling Program begins. It is free. You just need to take everything off the tree and drop it off at 101 Forest Street, McCall. They will recycle it into mulch for the city parks and grounds up there. It ends January 1st. For more information about anything talked about, go to the McCall City website or check the link in the description below. Cascade got a couple fun things here. Monday, there is a junior high youth group event from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Cascade Community Church. Then Friday, there is a swing dance class from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It is free for all ages to attend. It will be happening at the Valley Club building. It will be on country and line dancing. If you have any questions, call Steve at 208-861-8486. And then also Friday, there is bingo at the Senior Center this Friday from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Cascade City website or check the link in the description below. Lewiston, nothing for city, but as for performances, next Tuesday, December 27th, there is a movie v viewing, Miracle on 
34th Street from 3.30 p.m. to 4 or 6.45 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. As for fun stuff, Monday, there is a mystery movie Monday from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. They are working through the Hitchcock series. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Lewiston City website or check the link in the description below. Moscow got uh, two things here for performances. Tuesday, there is a showing of Eddie Scissorhands from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Kenworth Theater. It is $7 a person. And then Wednesday, there is a showing of It's a Wonderful Life at 7 p.m. at the Kenworth Theater. It is $7 a person. I also know there's a couple other days that are having the Wonderful Life things. Just check the uh, calendar there for Kenworth. And as for fun stuff, Wednesday, there is a winter solstice stroll at 1 p.m. at the Idlers, I-D-L-E-R-S, Rest Nature Reserve. It is a free guided walk around. I think they're going to have some drinks or stuff, or they're recommending you bring them. I'm not sure. When I read it, it was kind of a little bit confusing, but check that out if you're interested. For more information about anything I talked about, go to the Moscow City website or check the link in the description below. Coeur d'Alene got a uh, three, no, just two city events here. Monday, there is a Parks and Recreation Commission meeting at 5.30 p.m. at the Library Community Room. Tuesday, there is a City Council meeting at 6 p.m. at the Library Community Room, and then all of next week's events are canceled. As for performances, Monday, there is a Holiday Joy Recital and Concert at 8 p.m. at 627 North Government Coeur d'Alene. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Coeur d'Alene City website or check the link in the description below. Post Falls, just one thing here for City. Tuesday, there is a City Council workshop and meeting at City Hall. The workshop is from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. and the meeting is from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Post Falls City website. Sandpoint got two things here for performances. Wednesday, there is live piano with Bob Dedling from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. at 301 Cedar Street, Sandpoint. And then Saturday, there is live music with Bright Moment Jazz from 6 or not 6, from 4.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Barrel 33. As for fun stuff, Wednesday, there is a trivia night from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Paddler's Alehouse. Then Thursday, there is live prayer in Christianity event at 7 p.m. at the Panita Theater. It is free for the public. And then Friday, the Panita Theater is having an event called Festivus at 7.30 p.m. It looks like they're going to have pottery, comedy, and some other interesting things going on there. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Sandpoint City website or check the link in the description below. Moving on into the news here, our first story is the Coeur d'Alene Lake oil issue. This comes by the Coeur d'Alene Post Falls Press by Bill Bewley. So we talked about this last week, but to recap, back in 1992, construction vehicles fell into the Coeur d'Alene Lake as they were working on I-90. They were left there for, quote, or air quote, environmental reasons. Well, last week, a report came out that Higgins Point, that there was oil in the water. So the city placed like one of those oil protective kind of floaty things. I don't know what the exact word is for it. 
but they needed to send a diver down to see if it was the equipment. They suspected that it was the two constriction equipment that fell into the uh, lake back in the 90s, but they were not sure, so they needed to send some divers down. Well, last Tuesday, divers went down to check, but it was too dark to see, so they had to come back up, and then they tried again the following day because it was sunnier, and they discovered, quote, a lot of oil which was coming from the D9 dozer. According to the divers, there was a some type of cover that was put over it to capture the oil originally when they put it down. They didn't talk about that in the previous article, but this article kind of goes into that a little bit, that they put a cover over it to kind of um, help capture that oil and stuff, but it had been moved. They thought the movement could be explained by someone's anchor that had anchored or dragged past and pulled the cover away. When the diver went down, he kind of adjusted it and tried to put it back into place. As of right now, there isn't any more oil on the surface, so it's pretty clear, but it seems they need to do some more work. ITD is reviewing the footage that the divers got to tell what needs to be done, but wildlife officials say for now it doesn't pose a risk to any migrating bald eagles in the area. Which, all of that is good to hear. I mean, I still hold to what I said last week. I would say, I mean, when they fell in, they were their own environmental issue and then it had already been done and so you just take the things out rather than piecemealing it and trying to fix small little these issues each time just get rid of the dozers get them out and let's move on with life here but that that's a whole different thing i mean it's their ballpark i mean if constituents in the area really want to invest that money and put the pressure there on the local government to do that then they will and if they don't then you know the government will go with probably the more cheaper option that they can just kind of keep patchworking it along but i'm glad to hear they figured out what it was and it'll be interesting to see as things progress what they decide to do to fix that issue next one here is titled boise testing wastewater this comes by ktvb7 by jude binkley so as many of you might have noticed there's kind of a little bit of a bug or bugs moving around the valley plus there was the whole covid thing that happened in the past two years so people are kind of honestly a little nervous about diseases and stuff and it just seems to be a general uptick well the city of boise is bringing in a new system to track and predict viruses for the sake of the hospitals city is going to start testing the wastewater for viruses with this they'll be able to track roughly how much of the population has a select virus or one is on the rise the testing will be done at two of the wastewater plants in boise they're going to be partnering with a company called Verily, which is owned by Alphabet, aka Google, to do this. The program will start in January. It is hoped to allow the city to give hospitals and doctors an early heads up of colds and diseases on coming kind of to the hospital and everything, which I honestly think this, I know some people might have an issue with this, maybe for privacy stuff, but I think this is a really cool idea to kind of test the water that is coming out in the waste systems. And then that kind of gives you an idea that you can predict and kind of give a bit of a forecast to the hospitals and stuff. Because that was the big thing with COVID, I remember, which I will admit was a legitimate thing. I know there was a lot of different overreach and different stuff, in my opinion. And I think other people have documented that well, but um, with COVID, it was a legitimate thing, a worry of stressing the hospitals to the point you weren't able to serve those that needed that service. Well, with this, it would give cities a really a nice, or especially Boise, a updated warning system for knowing when stuff is coming down the line so they can adjust and adapt and be ready for it, which I think is cool. And it, it doesn't invade anyone's privacy. Water is water. You know, they can't tie it to an individual person per se, because they're going to be treating it at the, uh, 
not treating, but testing it at the plant rather than like coming right out of a person's house. So it'll give them a general idea of the population. Now, if this starts trying to get to a point where they're like, hey, we need to have like a tester that's like at everyone's house and then everyone needs to send a test in of their wastewater and then we can identify it on a per house basis, then I can see that being an issue for privacy and stuff because then, you know, you can actually directly tie it to individual houses, which I think may or may not be a little bit of a breach of privacy there. But still, very interesting and cool, and it will be interesting to see how this progresses and how it works out for the city of Boise. This next one is a little political. TikTok banned by Governor Little. This comes by KTVB7 by the staff over there. They didn't say specifically who, but thank you for all those that went into working on writing this article that I used here for the show. Short but a big one. On Wednesday, December 14th, Governor Brad Little issued an executive order banning TikTok on state-issued devices and networks. This comes off the heels of the FBI saying that the app could be a national security threat because the app can be controlled by the Chinese government and also because the app permissions required upon download, you know, uh, have a threat. For context, the federal government already has such a ban on federally issued devices and networks. I thought I would read the quote directly from him here. Quote, The communist Chinese government can use TikTok to collect critical information from our state and federal government, and we are taking this step to protect Idahoans and Americans from the sinister motives of a foreign government that does not share our values and seeks to weaken and manipulate our country, said Little. This new ban to eliminate TikTok from state-issued devices and networks will help protect national security and Idaho's data. I personally think this is a great thing. Um, I know some people would disagree with me. They're like, it's just an app and all this other stuff. But as best as my understanding, I mean, you have to understand after, you know, this point in the article, this is my opinion. Um, from what I understand about stuff over in China, China has a weird like, okay, you have a free market over in China, kind of. But the Chinese government reserves the right that at any point it can have control or have access to any part of a company within China. So there's capitalism, but it's capitalism with unfettered control to the government that they can at any point can get into it. And so with TikTok, yeah, you know, most of the time TikTok probably isn't being used by China at all. But at any moment that say it's on a senator's or a representative phone or something and they want to have access to that by law in china the chinese government or the not chinese government but tiktok has to grant um that access to the government to allow them to go through that i mean another thing that was interesting you can go look up in the videos and this is me you know opinion and stuff that i've seen um you can go and see videos of what the algorithm recommends to different what the app recommends to people in china the algorithm is optimized for kids under a certain age that it shows science projects and educational things and history about stuff in china and um, things that we would generally consider educational and productive and good to understand um, and blocks out a lot of the bad not so recommendable stuff in their algorithm rather than over here in the u.s it purely just keeps recommending uh be it you know garbage or things that keep you hooked on the application or uh more sexually revealing type of content or different fads or things that could or might be dangerous to people and stuff um this is all anecdotal this is just what i've seen i've heard some stuff and i've seen kind of some of the examples i mean i haven't been into china i haven't had to test all this and stuff 
But I personally generally think TikTok is really bad. And if um, there's any parent or individual out there, I would recommend please looking at the terms of service on an app, especially with TikTok. Um, I've heard some people and read it for myself and it is not the coolest thing ever. I mean, I think depending on the device, sometimes you're giving access that it can record the keystrokes in your keyboard. So if you're searching anything in there, it can log that and save that. Um, and can do things while the app isn't even running when you're outside the app, um, which I think is just really sinister. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely American companies like Facebook and stuff that are caught red-handed doing some of this stuff. But um, I guess the encouraging half of that is that those companies are U.S.-based, and they, you know, the the worry there is that then they will share that, you know, maliciously or something, or that they might have a breach. But with TikTok, it is easily accessible by one of the biggest communist regimes on the earth at the moment. And I think that, that that's just not a really good thing to have and be willing to give your data and information to, you know, whenever you click on an app and whenever you open uh, or download an app or open an article or something, you are voting with your eyeballs, you're voting with your data. And if there's an app you don't like or a service you don't like or a publisher you don't like, then don't open those, you know, articles. Don't download those apps and give that data, which is valuable money at its heart. But anyway, this is cool to see. I'm glad to see it. It'll be interesting to see. You can hit me up on Twitter, your thoughts on this, but I think this is a good thing for government um, entities. And I would say in the US, I think it would be good to ban more of TikTok and restrict it more or put it under more pressure to show that it is um, respecting people's privacy and not a threat to security and you know, people's privacy. So this one's also a little bit of a political one. I thought I'd sandwich them together and get through them real quick here. It is titled Idaho Botanical Garden LGBTQ plus Pride Night. This comes by KTVB7 by Tracy Bringhurst. So Sunday the 18th, there is a Pride Night at the Idaho Botanical Garden. According to the article, it is billed as a, quote, family-friendly event put on by the Boise Pride. They will be having the Boise Gay Men's Choir and the Boise Women's Choir. Some snacks and photos with holiday characters. I assume that's probably like Santa and the Grinch, maybe. With that said, there are some groups protesting the event. In this article, they quoted the Idaho Liberty Dogs, who present themselves as, quote, a grassroots group of citizens standing up for our constitutional rights and freedoms. On their Facebook page, they said, quote, we're asking for all concerned residents, parents, grandparents, and churches to please show up December 18th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. and stand up against the sexualization of children and to protect their innocence. If people continue to be silent, the worst is yet to come. That's kind of the end of it. You can go read more in the article. The article kind of goes in the back and forth between both the uh, planners of the event and other groups in the valley and different stuff that are opposing it. There's a side that, yes, I think this is fine. There should be, you know, to a certain right, people should have the right to express themselves. But also, on the other hand, it shouldn't be public. And this stuff, which is, you know, sexual by nature, gay guys, LGBTQ stuff, um, shouldn't be available for children. I think, you know, when we talk about this type of stuff, it is a very adult matter and it should be reserved for when they turn 18 or whatever the state determines at that point that the kids can start getting into that or at that point adults can start doing that. But this shouldn't be for kids and it shouldn't be billed as a kid's event, in my opinion. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the general population of Idaho responds to that, if it's something that they want or something they don't want. 
Um, if you want to protest, then, you know, you have that information now. If you don't want to protest and you want to go to it, well, then here's now you know where it's at and now you know it's happening. This next one you might say is political, but I wouldn't say so. It was just something that crossed over my radar and I was like, you know, that might be worth sharing and is slightly funny. I find it humorous. You may not, but the title here is Utah Mayor Arrested in Idaho. This comes by the East Idaho News by Pat Reavy. So last Saturday at 9.45 p.m. in Ketchum, Idaho, Mr. Knopp, the mayor of Brighton, Utah, was pulled over. According to the deputy that pulled him over, he was driving erratically and unsafe for the snowy road conditions. According to the report, he was pulled over with his wife and two other friends in the car. The officer had him take two breath tests, each measuring 0.207% blood alcohol level. He was arrested for drunk driving. The, his court hearing is set for January 23rd, 2023. So that'll be interesting to see. Out of the kind of political section, we got a fun one here. New Middle Eastern restaurant opening up in Boise. This comes by the Boise Dev by Gretchen Parsons. For those of you looking for something new and different, there is a new Middle Eastern restaurant in Boise. It's supposed to open several months ago, but due to some permit delays with the city of Boise, it was held back. It is now open and is at 7100 West Fairview Avenue in Boise. The owner, Faisal Zabin, sorry if I got your name wrong, it's not the usual English language type of name, says the menu is made of authentic cuisine but wants to pull more people in than just Middle Eastern people. Quote, we have the Arabic tradition but we're trying to Americanize it, like to have it more modernized, said Zabin. They don't want the restaurant to scream Arabic but they're also welcome, make it welcoming for other people to come in to try authentic Middle Eastern food. The restaurant is open Monday through Sunday from noon to 9pm. I've had a little bit. I know when I lived in Boise, we had some neighbors that were Middle Eastern and I got to try some of that food. They have a lot more lamb, if I remember correctly, in their diet than we in our traditional kind of American cuisine have. But from what I've had, I've quite enjoyed it. it it's a lot more spicy. It almost in the spice sense reminds me a little bit of like Indian food. Um, but probably would be really cool to go try something that isn't like super over the top. Middle Eastern, but also still is authentic and you know you're getting the real thing. Should check it out. I might try to check it out if I have some extra time while I'm there in Boise. Little bit of a quick one here, but I thought it was worth sharing. Some people are asking what was going on at the Old Rosary. This article comes by the Boise Dev by Don Day. So I didn't know about this until I read this article, but part of the Rosary building, which is currently being split by Trader Joe's, the other half has not been filled by anything. But what, you know, a lot of people were asking what is going to be going into that empty space. Well, there are two businesses that it looks like that are going to go into that space. The first is a PGA Tour Superstore. It's a golf-focused retail store that would go into part of the leftover 42,212 square feet space. The other is a Chicago Fire Pizza restaurant, which is a mix of pizza and a steakhouse from what uh, the article says, which... Anytime I hear new stuff coming into Boise or just the state in general, it's always interesting and exciting to see. I mean, the PGA Tour Superstore, I don't think there's anything like that quite. I mean, we have sports retail stores kind of in the valley, but this one's kind of focused on golf. I might be wrong, but I'm not big into golf if there's something like that in the valley. It's kind of fitting with the whole top golf thing that kind of rolled into town recently. 
As for the Chicago Fire Pizza Restaurant, I feel like we have something like that in here in town. Maybe I'm thinking of like Chicago Connection or something like that or stuff, but that's also still cool to see those coming in and hopefully it, they produce really good quality food and it's tasty for everyone. This next one I'm actually really excited about. Public Storefront coming back to the Cheese Factory. This comes by the Boise Dev by Donde. For those of you that have been in Idaho for a while, you might remember when the Nampa Cheese Factory had a store open to the public at one time next to the factory that you could buy products directly from them. Well, the factory got bought out by a different company and that public shop kind of closed, which was sad, but it's back. Last summer, Lactalis, the company that now owns the plant, opened a shop, but it was only for workers at the factory. But that shop is now going to be open to the public. Customers can stop by on Friday from noon to 6 p.m. and pick up all sorts of dairy products, many of them made right there at the factory. The store will be located at 49112 East Franklin Road. I know personally for a little bit there, the fact the Nampa Cheese Factory was like selling some of their products to like Walmart and stuff. And so you could just go to the Walmart in the Valley and it was like, okay, that's nice. You can get like some of the cheese curds and the string cheeses and stuff. And it was, you know, of course, cheaper than a lot of the other stuff because it's not having to travel extreme distances. But I do remember my mom telling me about the times when they, her as a kid, would be able to go to the cheese factory and they could go in and you could get stuff directly from the factory there. You could get it fresh and they had samples. And it sounds like a really cool, I never got to experience it, but it's really exciting to see that this is coming back and that um, another generation of people can kind of experience this and see this and get to taste it and also kind of further grows that kind of local um, commerce and trade, which I think is really cool. And I hope it works out for them. And they keep doing it for many, many, many years. Next one is a new Boise park. This comes by the Boise Dev by Gretchen Parsons. So there is a new park going in with a special art piece. The park will be located at the corner of 11th Street and Bannock Street in Boise. It has also now gotten its official name. It will be named after Sheree Buckner Webb, in honor of Sheree who served as an Idaho senator. Most notably, she's the first black woman to serve in the Idaho legislature. But the most notable feature of the park is it will have a large pink metal art piece in the center of it or kind of off to the side. The article goes into more about Sherry, not the art piece, but it will be interesting to see the art piece kind of in person. I think it's cool to have another park there in Boise. I mean, I know there's already a ton of parks and I know some people when I lived in Boise were complaining about that all they do is build parks and nothing else. But it is really nice to have those. I know this one's a little closer to downtown, so maybe it'll pull away a little bit of the congestion that happens at Catherine Albertson's and Ann Morrison in Boise, which if you're not in, if you've never been to Boise and you're in a different part of the state, I highly recommend if you're ever visiting the Capitol to go check those parks out. Ann Morrison is like more of a manicured, um, large park. And then Albertsons, I would say, is more like a wildlife reserve in a sense, but it's downtown, which is really cool. So people from downtown can go into there and kind of experience uh, deer. And I think they have even some uh, foxes or coyotes that are in there and stuff. And different. I think there's a beaver dam and other stuff, which is really, really fun. And I'm glad it's there. But, you know, if you want something a little bit more manicured, there's a huge like water system that kind of works through Ann Morrison. So if you're ever visiting in Boise, I'd highly recommend checking those out and maybe checking this new park out. I think it's according to the article, if I remember correctly, it should be done about summer of this coming year and stuff. So that will be cool to see. Last story here. Spoken County talks about a Vista Stadium. This comes by the Spokesman Review by 
Colin Tierman, a little bit outside of Idaho, but I thought it was worth covering. The Spokane Indians are working through maybe upgrading the Avista Stadium, which is their home ballpark. The Spokane County has stated that they're willing to contribute about $8 million to the upgrades to the stadium, but they won't pay the whole cost and it has some strings attached. On top of the $8 million offered by the county, the team will need another $14 million to bring it up to the specs that the Major League Baseball requires. As for the strings, the city won't be giving them the $8 million outright, from the article it states. It's more like the city will pay them $8 million, but the team also has to spend $8 million themselves. So if the team pays $5 million, the county will give them $5 million. The second string that is attached is that the team has to cover all the maintenance and lease costs for the new stadium. The city will not be involved in paying for future maintenance and leasing and stuff. And then lastly, that the city would get a percentage of the revenue from the team. That would be ticket sales, drinks, food, whatever else that the team is making money off at home. So it'll be interesting to see if this goes through or if the team isn't able to get that other $14 million or not. I know this one was a little bit like out of Idaho. I know the last story, I tried to make it a little bit of a funny or interesting one, but this week there was a lot of good stories, but there wasn't anything like particularly funny or particularly over the top interesting. I mean, there were a couple of stories that kind of landed in that category, but they're going to be in the quick ones below. They couldn't make just a full story. And so this was the best one I thought I'd put in there. And I also know it's not in Idaho, but I still thought it was something relevant and interesting to hear about. And so I thought I'd add it in. Lastly, I got a couple quick ones here. We got three. The first one is New Mod Pizza and Cafe Rio going in in Star. This comes by the Boise Dev by Autumn Robertsons. Near the new Albertsons in Star, there are some new restaurants going in. A Cafe Rio, which serves burritos, tacos, and salads is going in. And a Mod Pizza and U.S. Bank. Mod Pizza, from what I've heard, is a kind of pizza place like Blaze Pizza. Same, same. It's a little better. I might have to try it, check it out sometime. As for when they will open, there's no publicly available dates for when the construction and opening of stuff will begin. Next one is Weezer Officer Revives Baby. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. Last Tuesday, emergency services were called about an unresponsive baby on the east side of Weezer. Officer Austin Stranton was able to resuscitate the baby, after which they were able to get the baby to the hospital. According to the article, the baby is doing better thanks to Mr. Stranton. Thank you for doing that, sir. And then the last one here is a huge kokanee salmon caught. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. Sunday, November 13th, a Lewiston man, Jerry Smith, caught the largest kokanee salmon in the state. It was 30 inches long and set the new state record. It was caught on the North Fork Clearwater River and is the first catch and release recorded of a kokanee here in Idaho. Thank you for listening. If I missed something, got something wrong, or you have some advice for the show, send me an email at localyokelidaho2022 at gmail.com or tweet me at localyokelidaho on Twitter. For right now, this show is a one-man show, so I can't afford to go over everything, but I hope I was able to cover as many things as possible. Thank you for your support. That's all for now. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Godspeed. <laughs>